everyone and welcome back to another episode of Backseat Carpool Banter. In today's very special episode, we are joined yet again by Vice City Alerts on, on Twitter, on Instagram. You can go find them at those account names. So thank you for joining us, um, Alex. Nice to be on with you guys. Yeah, it's a pleasure. We're going to talk everything you guys need to know about the Miami Heat and what's going on with the team this season so far and what they can do to turn a slow start into another maybe finals run. Um, so let's get right into it. We play the Brooklyn Nets this weekend, and I want to know what are your thoughts on this game, specifically on how the Heat can play against them. And after we preview this matchup, maybe we could talk about what does it mean for the Miami Heat to miss out on the Harden trade and he goes to another Eastern Conference team in Brooklyn? Yeah, well, I mean, this this could be a tough matchup because of guys like Harden and Kyrie, if you have to defend them, especially if, mm-hmm. if you're missing your primary two uh, perimeter defenders in both Butler and Bradley, it's going to be very tough to defend the teams that can shoot the ball, the three ball so well. Uh, I'm not as worried about KD just because I think they're going to put Bam on him to kind of switch it up and kind of get physical with him. But it's going to be a really tough matchup. I'm really interested to see because I still think we match up well with the rest of the conference. Brooklyn, we haven't seen a matchup, so we don't really know. Mm -hmm. Um, And going back to what you said about the James Harden trade, I thought it was a move that the Heat weren't probably willing to do. I mean, we all know Harden's... uh, love for for clubs and stuff like that so i yeah it just didn't look like he'd fit in with uh the mantra that he are going about and i think a guy like maybe a beal or Depot is probably a better fit um uh, for them at the two guard position well it's funny that you mentioned oladipo because he was also involved in that deal being shipped to houston he's playing really well there right now and i think you were one of the people that was reporting on this that said that uh he still has a desire to someday end up on the miami heat so that, that's very interesting to look into. Uh, with, with the James Harden deal, though, I think it's not even so much that they didn't land him. It's that he went to an Eastern Conference opponent, someone that they're going to have to go through uh, if they do want to get back into the NBA Finals. And that's a tough team to stop right now. They got a, one of the most dominant big threes in the league. Uh, and like you said, the Heat are missing some of their best defenders. Obviously, come playoff time, hopefully they'll have them all back. But is Jimmy really the difference maker right now on the team because the team is playing very poorly they're averaging i think the most turnovers in the league they're not really playing the great defense that the heat are known for is it really the absence of jimmy butler that's causing this or is there a bigger problem see i think there is a problem with the turnovers i think jimmy coming back isn't going to fix that turnover problem but i do think that Jimmy coming back will make the huge turnaround. Just because, look, the year before, we weren't even a playoff team. The year after, you're in the NBA Finals. Mind you, uh, the Orlando bubble probably had a good role in playing mm-hmm. in terms of uh, us reaching the finals. But at the end of the day, I think Jimmy, he just gets everyone around him to play better. Bam plays better offensively. He's more efficient. You see Duncan uh, Tyler here on Duncan Robinson shooting the ball, three ball better. Tyler's having an off season in terms of shooting. Even though his points are up, his percentages are kind of down. Mm-hmm. It's, he just makes life so much easier for the rest of the team because you see, especially in the first half of games, he's very passive. I mean, that's been an issue. A lot of people complain about Jimmy being really passive, but that passive attitude is what makes guys like Kendrick Nunn last year as a starter averaging only 15 to 16 points a game because he's such a unselfish guy. 
But um, going back to Brooklyn real quick, I do think Brooklyn is a tough uh, matchup, but I think Brooklyn's deficiencies on defense is going to really hurt them in the playoffs. And you're going to see that in this probably this weekend's matchup, probably. Yeah, I mean, Brooklyn, they're still getting their team together, you know, with Miami when Chris Bosh joined the team and, and LeBron James joined the team when the big three era was uh, kicking off. They, they had a rough first season. They were trying to get uh, their bearings straight together. They're trying to get the chemistry down. And they were able to do that after the first season. But this team has that kind of championship or bust mentality right now with three elite scorers on the team. And it's going to be really interesting to see what Miami does. Not only we were looking at how they can go back to the finals and, and beat L.A., this offseason, if they could do something to challenge the Lakers who reloaded and revamped. But now it's looking even more difficult to get past the Eastern Conference uh, opponents like Milwaukee, like Boston, and now Brooklyn. Yeah, I think they need to make a trade, honestly. Um, don't get me wrong. I know it's too early in the season. Even if we were a couple games over 500, I still think you need another perimeter defender. You're going to miss uh, Jay Crowder, especially in the playoffs. Um, I think the ideal trade would be to try to get Old Depot and Tucker from Houston. And a lot of people might not like this, but I'd be more than willing to give up Duncan Robinson, that sort of trade, just because Duncan Robinson is going to demand nearly $20 million a year this upcoming offseason. And him and Kendrick Nunn are probably, they're both restricted free agents, but the guys that you, you kind of don't want to pay. You, I mean, he, they were really good value. They were assets because they had value at the minimum. But paying them $20, 25000000 million a year is basically the same mess they got in with Tyler Johnson. Tyler Johnson. I was yeah, about to say that. Was that was a well. great example. And so I, I know you've seen this earlier on Twitter um, when the James Harden was still available in trade talks. We posted the Miami Heat Civil War, right, where there was a faction of fans that didn't want to trade the young guys for a star and a lot of people who obviously thought that that was the only chance that the team had. So it seems like now that that name is off the table, it seems like Bradley Beal, he's been connected to the team, but it's not like he's available in trade talks as of yet. So you're more in the trade assets to get a star now camp. Is that right? I mean, I'm, I'm at least reasonable. I, I go after Old Depot. Beal, I don't think is like possible. That's a pipe dream in my opinion. I don't think they're going to trade him this season. Maybe in the next offseason, you don't know when they, mm-hmm. if they try to blow up the team with Westbrook and uh, Beal. But this offseason, even if they do trade him, I don't think – I think we get just we just get out big. I don't think we have mm-hmm. the total ass – unless you throw in Bam, obviously. Mm-hmm. But no, they want to make a big three around him. Uh, Butler and um, Bam. So that's mm-hmm. the whole purpose of trying to make a, a team like that. But a team like Denver, even a team like Oklahoma City, if they start packaging 100 of the first rounders, you never know. They might mm-hmm. be able to have enough assets to acquire a guy like him. But uh, it's something that I don't think Beal is a reasonable like, target. I, I would love him here. Obviously, he's one of the best scorers in the league and an efficient rate at that. But I think a guy like Gold Depot is more reasonable guy, and the guy wants to be here. He works on off seasons. Mm-hmm. He's sneaking messages to our players post game <laughs> and stuff. So I don't know what other option you want. At, at who kind of fits the Heat culture too? Yeah, I mean Oladipo, his first game in Houston dropped thirty two and nine. Um, if if they do find success in Houston, it's going to be hard to 
to snatch him off that roster. He might want to stay there and see how they can build around him and John Wall and other like Christian Wood, who's developing to be an all-star caliber player. So it's going to be hard to, to take him away from that franchise. But if Miami somehow does it in Riley, we trust, you know, if he can figure out some deal that, that makes it enticing for Victor Oladipo to come down here and, and play in Miami, it could be something really special. And, and I do agree with the, the fact that Miami is missing a star. They are missing another player to contend with these elite teams because we see players like Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving teaming up. Jimmy Butler is a great player. Bam Adebayo is a great player, but they're no Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is considered one of the elite players in the NBA, top talent. And Miami is missing one of those types of players to contend with other elite teams. I agree with you, but I'll be honest. I don't think this Brooklyn thing is going to work out. I mean, it doesn't like if history is to repeat itself, mm-hmm. we saw what happened with Harden with Chris Paul. We saw what happened with Harden and uh, Russell Westbrook. I mean, and it's not the best uh, trio of egos. You're kind of combining with one another, mm-hmm. especially with a, a first-year head coach and Steve Nash, who we all know is probably going to get fired midway through the year after they're going 500. And it's it's going to probably be D'Antoni's job to lose in the next offseason. Mm-hmm. But it's such a weird team. They have a good starting five. But after that, I mean, besides guys like Joe Harrison, DeAndre Jordan, and maybe uh, Jeff Green on their team, I don't really – there's not too much depth behind that. If let's say one of these guys goes down with an injury, they might have the shooting, but I don't think the defense is so awful that it's, it's going to really bring them down. Yeah, you saw them lose to the Cavs last night. Well, the yeah, Cavs are was, playing out of their mind. <laughs> I was going to say that it's a team that it looks on paper like they should be fantastic, but they've got a lot of holes to figure out. They're not this unstoppable super team, but they are another opponent that a team like the Heat, if they are hopeful to get back into the finals, they have to go through. It's not going to be easy to win four out of seven games against those stars, but I think that it's still possible. Um, Like you said, there are some holes in the Heat roster, and the biggest problem I see right now with the team is that they were betting so hard on Giannis being available. And when he signed that Supermax, it kind of threw the team into a, a spin, right? Because their whole plan was to have all these guys available in 2021 free agency. And it seems like more and more are off the table now. So what can the team do, not just this year, but going forward? Is it just develop the young guys, have trust in Tyler Hero, Precious Achua, and, and see where they can go? Or is a big move the only chance they get to get back to that position that they were in? Well, I'd be interested. Let's say hypothetically you go out in the offseason, you sign a guy like an old depot, right? Hmm. And then you package the rest of the young guys and acquire a fourth, not necessarily star, because I don't think old depot or bam or these they're they're real, they're all stars, but they're not star players. Star players are basically top ten guys. Mm-hmm. If you can get four top 30 or 40 guys versus three top 10 guys, I'd go depth over that. So I think if you make a move, I don't know who's going to be available. I'm no, I'm no genius in, in, when it comes to this stuff. Maybe a guy like Damian Lillard hates in Portland and he wants out. And then you have a package of Hero, Precious, Duncan, Non, and four or five like first round. Oh, we don't have that many first round picks, but like one or two first round picks and try to package them for Lillard while having Old Depot too. So it, you have more options. So 
I would try to go into this offseason, use the cap space wisely, get a really good all-star caliber kind of like shooting guard. Maybe it's the old depot. Maybe it's even DeMar DeRozan. I know people don't like that name, but he's a guy who can get to the free throw line. He, he's averaging 25 and five this mm-hmm. season. Is this a guy you just go use that money wisely. Don't overspend for a four or five year contract. Give him a three, four mm-hmm. year contract at a reasonable amount. And then uh, from there, you can just accumulate your assets and then acquire maybe a third star or a fourth star by maybe trading up some of those assets. Yeah. And you mentioned uh, that Bam and Jimmy are all star caliber players, but there's potential that these Heat stars could miss the all star game this season. Do you think that's an outcome? For this team, if they continue to play at an under 500 uh, level, or will we see this team, you know, ramp up again and be the Miami that we saw last season? I don't think there's an all star game this year, but I mean, even if there is some sort of all NBA team, I don't think this team's really that concerned about like individual accolades. Mm -hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, last year, we didn't have the best individual athletes and reach the finals what what difference does it make i mean Giannis won mvp and got eliminated in the second round it, <laughs> that's a very miami it's, heat it's, answer <laughs> yeah i mean it's just a, it's at the end of the day it's a popularity contest we're not mm-hmm. the most popular team i I'd admit that at least we finally started getting uh, some games on national television just because we made the, mm-hmm. the nba finals and even those games are being dropped right now so i mean who cares as long as we win that's all that matters for me yeah, well, let's try to talk now more. Uh, we, we've been talking about the doom and gloom of the slow start, six and seven to the season. But let's talk now about the, maybe the the optimistic side of things. Uh, Jimmy Butler is expected to come back relatively soon. Um, there's still a lot of players like Avery Bradley, like you mentioned, great defender who has not been available. Tyler Hero dropped, I think, back-to-back 30-point games before – uh, he was out with neck spasms. So there is still quite a bit to look forward to. Kendrick Nunn just actually had a revival to his career. He dropped, I think, like 28 points against the Raptors. There is reason to believe the team can improve on the slow start. Um, but it's always with the Miami Heat, it's always in these uh, diamond in the rough type of players, right? Last year, it was Kendrick Nunn and Duncan Robinson. This year, it seems like it's, uh, Struess and Vincent, and maybe even Casey Ocapalo, although he's been underwhelming a little bit. Uh, what do you think about these diamond of the rough guys that the Heat keep finding? I mean, it just shows how good the coaching is on a team. Guys like Chris Quinn uh, coaching up these uh, guards, and um, Malik Allen coaching up these young bigs and precious. Mm-hmm. It, it just have great assistant coaches. I mean, it's also, of course, Spo and Chet Cameron, the the um, the draft analyst he's they do a great job as well but assistant coaches is where you see a lot of the NBA those individual player developments and stuff but um I think overall I think you have so many players this year you're not gonna see guys like KZ Vincent and uh, Struess maybe even crack the rotation later on this year especially when the team kind of gets going but um my preference of those three guys, Struess. Struess is another kind of Duncan Robinson, maybe like a poor man's Duncan Robinson, mm-hmm. but another great shooter who can stretch the floor. Vincent is he's really inconsistent. I really like his uh, his ability on defense actually, but um, mm-hmm. he his three point shot isn't too consistent. He's he has a good shot, but he can never go down. 
But KZ is the one that really interests me. Heading into the season, I kind of wanted a, him to start the four because of his <laughs> ability to defend one through four. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe even five. He's a little skinny to probably defend fives, but he can hit the three-point ball. I just want to see him be more confident heading forward. Uh, I know his minutes are probably going to be limited, especially with Jimmy coming back. But any opportunity he gets, I hope he can outperform his minutes and try to get more minutes under spell because I think he has really high potential in my opinion yeah i mean these guys are super super young so there's a lot of potential with within even the stars of the team because you look at the the entire roster we're probably one of the youngest in the league and they're still probably changes the average (laughs) but in terms of rotation guys you're right yeah so looking at the guys that they get out of the, the draft or the guys that they sign as undrafted free agents and, and different gems, as you said, Sam, in the rough. It's kind of interesting to see. It, it shows to the culture of Miami that no matter who is on the team, no matter what you who you are or what you're doing, if you're in Miami and, and you work, you're going to produce. And when we see that with these guys, who have been asked to step up in, in a crazy season due to COVID and, and due to these protocols, contact tracing, keeping p- players out of games. And, and they've really stepped up in, in a way. I, the record doesn't show it, but I mean, the heart definitely, when you watch this team on the floor, you could tell that the culture is still there. And, and hopefully when Jimmy comes back, uh, that'll be changed. But I have a, an interesting little topic that I wanted to bring up. I thought it would be a cool idea. Who is the better heat shooter? Duncan Robinson, Mike Miller, Wayne Ellington, or Ray Allen? I know the obvious answer is Ray Allen here, but let's get let's get a little interesting with this one. I think it's Duncan. I think oh, it's Duncan. No. Okay. I do think it's Duncan. I think Miller's fourth. Don't get me wrong. I like Mike Miller. I don't think he's he's as good as the others. Uh, are we talking about their tenure with Miami specifically? Let's answer Wait. both. Okay, so I mean, obviously, career-wise, you're gonna go Ray mm-hmm. Allen because mm-hmm. there's the best three-point shooter of like, of probably he's the top three at least. I know yeah. Steph Curry is there too, but um, in terms of the ten years with the Heat, I think Duncan. I think his, his percentage is wild. He's shooting. He shoot. He shot at nearly forty-six percent last year from three. Mm-hmm. And he's shooting around forty-four point seven, forty-five percent this year, which is ridiculous from a three-point, especially considering all his jump shots are three-pointers and he's mm-hmm. taking about i think nine or ten a game yeah so it's, it's not the, just percent it's volume yeah too. i think uh I, like last night i, t- I took a look at uh, his standings in terms of three-point leaders in the league he's in sixth place right now and he's played one or two games less than everyone in front of him so i think by next week we're gonna see him being a top two or top three just because guys like mccomb got injured he's gonna be out for a month he's gonna drop down and then i think with uh, Jimmy coming back, he's just going to move up that list. So I- I'll go this order. I'll go in terms of the heat tenure, I'll go Robinson, um, Ray Allen, Ellington, and then Miller. Yeah, because okay. Ellington was Ellington was regarded as the, the man with the golden arm when he was in Miami. He was the Duncan Robinson before Duncan Robinson was here. He 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 walked so Duncan Robinson could run. Uh, that, that is it literally it, it opened the, the doors for Miami to run a system where you have just a plain shooter running around the floor trying to trying to 
you know, get open and shoot the ball. Yeah, those dribble handoffs about. with mm-hmm. Bam, very similar to what they were trying to run with Bosch and, and Ellington. Yeah, so that allowed the team to, to use this blueprint. When you get a Bam out of bio, uh, you know, instead of Chris Bosch, and you get a good shooter like Duncan, uh, Duncan Robinson, you're allowed to win games just because of the fact that he can make six threes, five threes in a game. And it changes the pace of the game. It makes your team play faster. And now the gravity that he brings on the basketball court is very, very huge. People drawing double teams just to get their hand up to contest the shot. It allows for players to not only get their system going, get their game going, but for him to really win games by himself. I really like that you're saying Duncan Robinson is the better heat shooter, but I I wouldn't go as far to say that the man who hit the three to dethrone the San Antonio Spurs uh, is, you know, behind him. It's it's a little difficult for me to say that. Yeah, because Ray Allen, you, that's where you draw the <laughs> distinction between clutch shooting and volume shooting, right? Exactly. Yeah. So I don't think he had that many. Look, he had a he had a good. I think he was here for two three years, probably. Mm-hmm. He was good. He's actually better overall scoring, not necessarily from three when he was here. He did have that, obviously, that big shot. Yeah. But in terms of his tenure here, he was kind of towards the – he was in a twilight of his career. He wasn't the best mm-hmm. player. He had a lot of turnovers at times too. But I'm just going purely off the two- or three-year sample that we looked at both of them. He hit a bigger shot, I admit it. <laughs> it won us <laughs> an NBA Finals too, but – Man, who knows? If Duncan would have hit a couple more threes, maybe Duncan would have won us the NBA Finals this, this past year. You never know. And he he kept on getting better in the NBA Finals as the games proceeded. He nearly, mm-hmm. I think, hit six or seven threes in game four or five. Yeah. And the difference is also how that was his first run, right? He's never been yeah. anywhere close to that before. Ray Allen's been there, done that when he hit that shot. Um, so so it is also kind of interesting the way we, we put that into perspective, uh, the experience playing a role there. Um, let's talk about another young guy that performed in the playoffs that uh, he's quickly become one of the most polarizing figures in basketball in general, uh, Tyler Hero. He's had a weird start to this season, right? Because he started off very slow and he put together back-to-back 30-point games. It looked like, you know, it was back to the, the guy that Heat fans believed in. Um, from the start. And then now he's out for a few games with neck spasms. Uh, what, what have you seen from Tyler Hero so far? Is he living up to the hype that the Heat fans were giving him uh, last year's playoff run? Or is this just a case of uh, all bark and no bite? thing is, anyone, in my opinion, in this sort of offense that the Heat run, you're going to see a lot of inconsistency in their numbers. You see it with Bam, kind of. He's averaging nearly 20 points a game. He was averaging 19 and a half heading into last night's game. Then he averaged, then he put up two points in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. It's just such an opportunistic offense that you see guys like Kendrick Nunn, you see guys like Kelly Olenek or a Kay Paul. Every other night, someone else going off. So it's going to be really inconsistent in terms of your stats. If you compare it to a guy like Booker who's taking 30 shots a game in Phoenix, who his mm-hmm. last place. I mean, we're talking about last a couple years ago, Phoenix. But yeah. the worst, one of the worst teams in the league. Yeah, if the guys taking thirty shots a game. I think Tyler can even have a better stats than Devin Booker. But for me, 
looking at this look at his his pure numbers i know he struggled a bit i think jimmy not being there has hurt him especially with the confidence jimmy has in him but the other stats i kind of look at is his rebounding numbers he's become a really good rebound rebounder mm-hmm. he's averaging six or seven rebounds a game his assists are going up mind you his turnovers are also going up <laughs> but he's taking he's taking chances which i kind of like to see in a young guy he, it shows his confidence um and it that sort of confidence is what kind of turns guys like a Bam Adebayo, who, who's your sixth man off the bench, into an All Star the year mm-hmm. after. But um, I think I think Tyler will be fine. I think he just has yeah. so much pure talent that you'll see him develop into an All Star, whether it's with Miami or another team in the next two or three years, in my opinion. Yeah, it seems like confidence is always the word that's used anytime he touches the ball. Um, some a- analyst, some reporter says, oh, the confidence this kid has, but he's no longer a rookie. So I, I think now the confidence is earned rather than just innate. He he put together a really nice run in the bubble, especially in the playoffs against the Celtics. We all know that that game that, that he had. Um, now it's just, can he do it consistently? Can he keep putting together these kind of performances or – was he a one-hit wonder? So far, it seems like he has improved on his game. He has not lost the confidence. Although, not having Jimmy out on the floor, like you said, it certainly does change the dynamic. He is not ready, I don't think, yet to be the go-to ball handler, the go-to scorer yet. Perhaps he'll grow into that, like Devin Booker. That's always the, the comparison, because even Tyler himself compares his game to Devin Booker's. Uh but right now, Devin Booker is having more success as not the primary ball handler. Chris Paul is doing most of those duties, and it's making the team better as a result. So perhaps a similar uh, arc will happen in Tyler Hero's career. Yeah, I mean, hopefully they don't go the Justice Winslow path where he's not a point guard and you're running your offense through mm-hmm. him. I mean, point justice was good for a time, don't get me wrong, but it, it wasn't good enough for the Miami Heat to win. And Tyler Hero, definitely going to be more of an off-ball player. We're going to see, hopefully, when Jimmy comes back, be the facilitator for the team. Tyler Hero had that responsibility put on his shoulders uh, out of nowhere. Bam has also stepped up to a, an incredible amount. But Tyler Hero is such a young guy, has a huge responsibility with Jimmy Butler uh, being out. And he's definitely, you know, showing that he can handle that workload. But I, I wouldn't necessarily say that it's, the best for him what do you think about you know running tyler as as the main facilitator on the team while bam is out uh while jimmy is out apologies when jimmy's out running bam as a main facilitator i think it's a good idea i mean it you you just see him get guys in great situations you see him pop throwing the ball out of the post something that Whiteside never did um so many opportunities are made for three-point shooters, especially with a team. The offense we're kind of running is everyone can play defense and make threes, basically. Mm-hmm. So a guy like Bam is perfect for that sort of offense. He's a great passer. He's a great pick-and-roll player. And he's he's really capitalizing on the shooters that we have on the team right now. Him and, the, him and Duncan were so good together. And as soon as – if you go look at stats, those two or three games that got injured in the NBA Finals – and after he came back from the injury, mind you, he didn't look the same. But if you go look at Duncan Robinson's numbers after he came back, mm-hmm. they skyrocketed just because of the ability of the Bams pick and rolls with him. It opened up his three-point shots and everyone, even Wayne Ellington had a career year of Bam. Mm-hmm. So it just shows that Bam is such a great facilitator at the 
center position. He might not be Jokic that can throw no look passes and stuff like that, but he's a really effective passer. And I think yeah, he gets the offense going. What he does, what Spolstra wants him to do. He's much more within the flow of the offense type of guy rather than like Jokic where he is the offense, but it's effective either way. Now, um, before we wrap up, I want to ask you a couple of predictions. Get ready to for your bold takes now. Uh, where do the Heat end at the end of the season? And also, how far in the playoffs do you think they will realistically make it to? Is, are we going to see another finals run in them? Or are there some teams in the East that could uh, stop them on the way? Hmm. I'm going to say this. If they do make a trade... Let's say they acquire Old Depot. Mm-hmm. I think they can make it to the finals. If not, I think their the, their ceiling ceiling would be the mm-hmm. conference finals, in my opinion. I still think they don't finish with a great conference with a great overall uh, season record. I think they're gonna probably finish fourth at best. Okay, just because they're never really a regular season team. They finished fifth last year and made the finals. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that finishing fourth is also going to be the reason why they wouldn't reach an NBA finals, just because I think with a regular like, crowd and regular home court advantage, it's going to be so hard to overcome playing a uh, majority of the games on the road versus having home court advantage in, the, in like a playoff situation where we don't know, maybe these guys like a band Montebayo and uh, Tyler here don't perform as well on the road, especially the OC role players don't do as well on the road. Your stars are supposed to push you through those types of games. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to say probably conference finals and the fourth seed. But if you get Old Depot, maybe the sky's the limit. Who knows? Because I think it's just a great fit. Him and P.J. Tucker, if you can acquire in that sort of trade, would just make the starting lineup so much better, in my opinion. Yeah, let's see if Houston decides to go the route of a rebuild rather than win with the assets that they have. Maybe they realize that they can't contest with the Lakers and the Clippers and the Nuggets out West with what they have. And and they send a guy like Victor Oladipo who maybe voices his opinion that he wants to move off this, uh, this franchise in the off season. So that could be a a definite scenario. And Miami is definitely probably on, on his priority list there for sure because he's mentioned it so many other times you seem to be very high on victor Oladipo, so i really do he does make i really do hope that he does make his way to miami because that would be very very fun to watch uh thank you so much for joining us uh you can go find him at vice city alerts on twitter on instagram uh is there anything you want to tell the people no it's my pleasure to be on with you guys and you guys do really good stuff so you guys should be proud, and I'm going to promote you guys as much as I can on, on social media. We really yeah, appreciate we, that. We appreciate the love. Uh, for everybody listening on Apple, Spotify, make sure to leave a subscription, leave a rating. We really appreciate everybody who is tuning in. Thank you so much. Backseat Panther out.